Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, all the good eggs out there. Do not adjust your screens. It is not a Wednesday. It is a Thursday here on Wrestling Daily. It is me. It is me, your true heel phenom, SP3, in the in the Alex McCarthy seat as the patron saint of UK wrestling journalism. He was busy today, so I am holding down the fort with the host of Thursdays, Miss Dynamite herself. Stephanie Chase. Glad yeah. to see you, Steph. Nice to see you too. This is a good combination. Absolutely. First time SP3 and Steph Chase. We've seen every combination of Wrestling Daily except for this one. So are you ready? I'm very ready. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. We had to team up because you know we got a lot going on with Wrestling Daily, and we are preparing. For Quizzle Mania War Games. So go over and subscribe. Hit that subscribe button for the Wrestling Daily YouTube channel. We are approaching 15K. And when we hit there, we will be on Quizzle Mania for Quizzle Mania War Games. And I have to say, Steph, out of everybody's promo, you hit the hardest. <laughs> really? I don't think so. <laughs> but yeah, I very much want to take down those guys over at Wrestle Talk, especially Adam. Yes, yes. Take down Adam. You saw that face, Adam? I would be scared. I would that was the you gave him the death stare. He should be very, very scared. My death stare is legendary. It has turned men to stone and they never recover. I, I'm, I'm scared for Adam now. So, yes, get ready for Quizzlemania War Games, but get ready for this edition of Wrestling Daily. Like this video you're watching right now on YouTube. Share it on all your favorite social media platforms. If you're watching and you want to be a part of the program, go over to WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestling Daily and send us that good old ultra chats, all you good eggs in the live chat. Let us dictate the conversation here. You know we're going to be talking about AEW Dynamite. There was a lot to get into on the go-home show for Blood and Guts. But as typical on Wrestling Daily, we have to start off with the titular news, Steph. And it, this one is a very interesting one as now a current WWE superstar has come out and sounded off about the current direction of the WWE women's division. And that superstar is none other than Carmella. 
on this week's Bella Twins podcast. Uh, she basically sounded off and let out her frustrations on the current booking on WWE's women's division. She said, and I quote, even myself, I sit at home and watch Raw and it would be 10 p.m. before I would see a woman on the show. It's like this is a three hour show. What the hell? Even I'm just a fan, which I am, like if I didn't work at WWE, I would just be sitting at home watching. I want to see the woman. That's why I tune in. If I'm waiting until two, uh, 10 p.m. to see a girl, it's like, what the hell? She went on to talk about basically Peyton Royce and Billy Kay being released from WWE and how it pretty much scrapped a storyline with her and Billy Kay. She said, and I quote, I don't know what's the right or wrong things to say is. All I can speak from is my experience. And we were super excited for this story. And I felt like, okay, I'm done with this whole sexy gimmick that they would want me to do, which is fine. It's fun to be sexy, but I feel like I wanted to show my personality more. I wanted a, to show a little bit more of a fun side, and I was looking forward to doing that with Billy. Like you said, our entrance alone at WrestleMania, she was cracking me up. So I was really looking forward to seeing where that was going to go. And unfortunately, we can't do that anymore. So, Steph... Being a, a female wrestling fan, a female wrestling journalist, to hear a current WWE superstar letting out their frustration in this way, what's your thoughts? Firstly, good for Carmella for saying it, um, because it needs to be said. I mean, I I think WWE just in general treats women terribly still. Uh, nothing annoys me more than how much they pat themselves on the back for doing the absolute minimum for women, uh, for a company that's been around for decades and decades to, for it to have taken as long as it did to have a WrestleMania main evented by women and then to pat yourself on the back for it is just ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I think the women, not only do they need more time, but they need better, better storylines, better writing, all of it. I mean, the writing for the men suck, sucks as well. But for the women, it's traditionally been been really bad. And then, and yeah, I, it's just I don't know. It's all it's all just very typical of WWE and uh, and their treatment of women. <laughs> it's one thing that just really really annoys me, um, especially just how um, how how much credit they want for doing the the absolute minimum every single time. But good for Carmella for for speaking up, and obviously, you know, no one really expected the iconics to be released, and I think uh, it's one that really hit the locker room hard. Yeah, you could tell how much they were loved and appreciated by the rest of the people that they work with. But uh, like the funny thing that kind of not a lot of people are talking about with these whole Carmella comments is her comments about her current gimmick. And the, it kind of yeah. feels like she's like being forced to play a role that she's not really comfortable with. And I've heard you in the past kind of mention how she's playing the role that has been played by Lana and Emma yeah. in the past and Chrissy Lovon. Chrissy Love on True Hill Heat says that that character doesn't connect with us as well. So I, I understand that. But what's your whole thoughts on her view of the gimmick? Yeah, I think every woman, uh, well, every woman that that fits their mold, that their certain mold is given the sexy woman gimmick. Um, and it just doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. And it doesn't it doesn't connect with anyone because that's that is something to look at but like that is not a person you don't meet 
someone in life that's just like hey I'm really sexy and like that's what's all they're all they're about you know like that if they give someone the sexy gimmick it's just oh that's it like oh you're so sexy it's not like a a fully rounded character it's like a cartoon idea of what Vince McMahon's you know fantasy is like this total um woman with like no brain no voice no nothing she's just you know I'm sexy and that's it and it's it's bad it's it, it's a bad gimmick but they they have a lot of trouble of kind of of, of rounding out um characters and giving them motivation and good kind of good storylines and stuff like that but yeah the the sexy woman gimmick they've tried it so many times and why does it feel because it just doesn't connect give someone a character and if they're sexy on top of it then what a bonus but don't make that, you know, someone's whole personality. Yeah, I feel like Carmelo was good in the role that she was playing before because, like, it was mm-hmm. an extension of her, the princess of Staten Island. Even though yeah. she's not from Staten Island, you could tell it was a little bit of her in there. Yeah, definitely. That was a good gimmick for her. She had a more unique look when she was doing that gimmick as well. She kind of seemed more like maybe a, a caricature yeah but someone that you might actually meet in life and it gave her a lot to say she's good at promoing at those times and yeah that was far better character for her than what she's doing now yeah like i i said it before carmella was basically the angelina from jersey shore she she played yeah. that role very well uh, in wwe television and it's a shame that she couldn't have an evolution of that role she had to become basically emelina and lana it's kind of ridiculous it's funny to remember emelina i was thinking that when i was watching impact on sunday like remember when she did emelina yes (laughs) (laughs) that's like that's like something that's gonna be like years from now people are gonna be like what what are you talking about we have it's gonna be so like so scarce the amount of people that remember the emelina period even though it was like a month of vignettes but we have to talk about something that kind of piggybacks off of the carmella comments on the bella twins podcast and that has to do with mickey james's comments on the grown-ass woman podcast finally talking uh, telling all about her her last run with wwe and the events that led up to her her release continue guys if you have your thoughts on the whole carmella comments on the bella twins podcast or your view your overall view on the direction of the wwe women's division right now send it over to our ultra chats at wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestling daily we want to hear from you guys we got a couple of people in the comments letting us know we got uh Z- Zakir letting us know we had we had 11k stuff we're re- we're oh, moving up there we're getting closer we're getting closer we're getting up there we're moving along thank you for the update we want to keep it along maybe we can we can hit 12k on this on this one video right here with the dream team uh-huh. Steph and sp3 it works like that <laughs> but yes let's talk about mickey james her comments on the grown-ass woman podcast she talked about her final run and the events leading up to her release she said and i quote over the last two years with getting switched to smackdown and not getting used i never debuted on tv i tore my acl i kept feeling these things of we want you to retire we want you to be an agent 
It was what they wanted for me. It wasn't that I wasn't grateful for those opportunities, but at the same time, I see the agents and what they have to go through. They don't get any praise or thanks that they deserve. They deal with a lot of crap. I don't know if I could personally handle that. I'm too much of a creative person. Ideas that I had, they fell on deaf ears. She went on to talk about some of the things that she's pitched to WWE. She said that she pitched uh, something similar to the GAW podcast with two or three girls on a panel and a similar uh, concept on like the WWE network that kind of, she said that it felt like she was talking to her own dog. And then she went on to talk about a big conversation that she had on WrestleMania 37 weekend that didn't go the way that she hoped for. She said, anything I've pitched, they weren't into. Uh, they, I wanted to find a balance in between. There was this moment where I said, what if we do an all-female brand? If I could help lead up that and have an awesome team of women, we have the talent, tools, and facilities. It would really help all the girls who are not getting television time. This one person says to me, they are never going to do it, ever. Women's wrestling doesn't make money. WWE Evolution was the lowest rated pay-per-view ever in WWE. I get what you're trying to do, but I don't understand why you're fighting so hard for it. You should play the cards you've dealt and see if there's a way to incorporate that within a show rather than fight for it to be its own show. She said, I just realized that every decision they do, a lot of it is business and how it falls in line with business. I'm just disappointed as a whole with being made to feel old with Depends and a Walker and the whole ageism thing. So, wow, Steph. You got to take the Carmella comments and now Mickey James comments to kind of see like yeah. the overall spectrum of how WWE views their women. What are your thoughts after those comments from Mickey James? Well, I'm sure Mickey James has been waiting a long time to to say this stuff. Mickey James has been completely mistreated her whole career. It's not even just her current one, her entire career. She's been mistreated. She's been a victim of sexism. Um, some really like extreme examples of sexism. There's the Piggy James stuff, which was vile thing that they did to her. There's um, the trouble that she got into for doing a certain hand gesture during a match uh, with Trish Stratus, which she gets in trouble for that. Yet Triple H is doing something and DX are doing something very you know similar on TV every single week. But no one cares about that. Um, and then, yeah, her current one, she's treated like this washed up old woman that isn't true at all. And it's really, really sad. She's someone that's incredibly talented and she's just a, her whole career, she's just a victim of sexism um, and the way that WWE treats women and the way that it works. Like she's just been held down and the way they used her, like they could have used her like any other woman, you know, on the roster. And they don't even have to use her as a veteran or a legend because she's still young. Um, and it's crazy, like, she's as young as some of the guys in NXT. <laughs> uh, and, she, you know, like, there's nothing about you that would tell you that she's older other than the fact that the way they mentioned it. So it's just really sad how she's been treated. Her whole career, to me, is just really sad. She's just, um, 
she's just an example of how badly WWE treats women, no matter what Stephanie McMahon comes out and says, like WWE treats women really badly. Um, and, you know, they, they treated women badly for so long when Stephanie herself was a TV character and has had a lot of power in that company. So <laughs> it's like, I really don't buy or, enjoy hearing her say lots of great you know we love women stuff because it's not true like they never exhibited it they only re react to things like giving women a royal lumble or the WrestleMania main event or just even removing the divas title like when people really kick up a fuss about it um i i don't think they would have ever put sasha and bianca in, in the main event this year if people weren't already clamoring for it before it happened like i don't think that's something that they were from the off like yeah this is the main event i feel they were more like oh i guess this is the main event now guys <laughs> you know like you guys can pipe down now like that what they were like you guys can pipe down now we made it the main event it's okay they 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 don't care about you know representation um uh, in any way like whatsoever and doing something that will you know, they really need to, if they want it to connect to female fans, especially young female fans and get them involved, there's lots of great stuff they could do, including the ideas that Mickey had. But instead, no, they're just happy with their like over 50 man demographic. And that's that's it. <laughs> they're, they're very much satisfied with a 58 medium age for their viewership <laughs> on even NXT. So yes, they, they seem I to know. be- it's crazy that that is their, it's crazy that that's their like average age, you know? It doesn't matter I'm what show. Going, I'm sitting watching going, this is too, like this this story, booking and this writing is too childish for me to be watching, but to think this 58 year old man, they're every week. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they're, they're just in a habit. They're never going to get out of that habit. This has probably been their habit since they were teenagers. So they just follow along with it. And that's why kind of the medium age is what it is. But you made an excellent point mentioning Stephanie McMahon, how Stephanie McMahon always is involved in any announcements involving women. When this Trish, when this uh, situation with Mickey James happened, she was the first one to reply to the tweet. But you made a great point. She was the woman that was in charge of creative when we had the diva search. Probably one of the most damning things that has happened to women's wrestling in the past two decades. Stephanie was in charge of it. I gotta say, because I've never, I, I, I've never had the chance to say anything about that trash bag incident. That that whole thing. Okay, they sent her stuff in a trash bag. She put that out there on Twitter, and people were shocked. Then Triple H comes out. It's like, we have fired the person responsible for this. This is so disrespectful. Then you have other women way back to Jillian Hall saying, I got my stuff in a trash bag too. They're acting like this was a like one-off slight in Mickey James. No, it wasn't. And then to top it off, you have people, like what made me most angry that, that night was the people like quote tweeting Triple H and stuff saying like, oh, what a great act. Oh, he's taken action. Guys, none of the H's stand for hero, okay? They are reacting to something because Mickey James made that public. People got their stuff in trash bags before Mickey James. And it's not even the it's not even the visual of a trash bag that's disrespectful. It's just 
everything that they do. So the praise on them, on Triple H and Stephanie, for like, and John Laurinaitis, who copied and pasted a tweet anyway, for like taking action and stuff. Dude, like <laughs> all they did was just scapegoat someone for their own policy. Sorry, not over. <laughs> I, I think that's one of the best quotes ever on Wrestling Daily. None of the H's stand for hero. <laughs> None of them do, guys. None of them do. Because, and, you know, and he's an NXT champion. Women, like, women are, are great. Like, let's push women. Dude, I was watching you when, if you saw a woman, all you were doing was telling her to flash her, her boobs. So don't tell me that you're now number one champion of women. <laughs> It's like a direct contradiction to everything we've seen in the past 30 years, Triple H. <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, it, it's it's crazy to kind of think about like this is what's going on in WWE. And funny enough, Mickey did mention a lot of the stuff that you also mentioned. Uh, she said, and I quote, all, about the trash bag incident, all I can do is laugh about it. It's not even the trash bag. I was astonished at how it took off. I almost deleted the post because I felt it like it came off too nasty or bitter. I was being sarcastic and laugh at myself and the situation. I got myself, I got my stuff the same exact way 10 years ago. The difference is at that point, I honestly believed it and took it to heart and thought that this is what the company thinks about me. I know I made bad decisions, and but at the same time, it didn't spark there. Between the Piggy James stuff and even in the last run, it's just how I felt positioned in the last three years. It's okay. I'm good now, but because I'm in a good space and I can express myself in a real way. But I was like, wow, they still do this? <laughs> this is BS. <laughs> they still do that. It's just funny. Like I'm, like, I'm not saying that Mark Carano is a good person because all the evidence says that he probably isn't. But... They they woke up one day and thought we want him out the door. They saw that Mickey Jim's trash bag treat and were like, oh, suddenly an exit signs appeared. For yeah, like, like like you said, like you said before, with like the whole people champion Triple H and WWE, it's like no, we shouldn't be doing this because this is an indictment that they didn't know. Like this, this has been going on for this number of years and they didn't know Triple H, Stephanie, Vince McMahon. That's an indictment on the company. That's not a defense for them. Oh, they don't know this type of stuff. They don't know this type of stuff goes on, but it's been happening for 10 years. Like, how? How do you not know? Oh, oh, it's it's crazy. But yeah, just the whole thing was just a total PR PR stuff, and I think that the thing that was more sickening than the trash bag was just people buying into it. Like, I was sitting there that night going, if I have to see one more person say they did the right thing, <laughs> I'm deleting this app. <laughs> there, there are some fans out there that are truly delusional. I know it's none of my good eggs in there. And if you are one of the good eggs that do think like that, we want to hear from you guys. Send us your ultra chats, wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestling daily if you actually believe wwe did the right thing explain to us and make us understand how they did we would love to hear it and we want to hear your thoughts on the trash bag situation mickey james's comments as well as carmella's comments one last quote i will uh get from mickey james on the gaw podcast steph she says the fan, she says, and I quote, the fans were way more offended than I was. The person who is responsible for me feeling like 
as deleted uh, and trying to devalue me or sabotage me or make me feel less than is still very much employed. So that is exactly what you said. Like, like the writing was on the wall for Mark Carano. John Laronitis yeah. was already backstage. He was already going to take that role. His power was already lessening as we found out from Fightful Select. So this was all something they wanted to do. And they just took the opportunity with this whole incident to kind of pull the trigger. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh yeah, absolutely. That was that was just a really happy coincidence for them. <laughs> really, it really was. It's like it's like this could have worked out better for us. <laughs> and Nikki not- James, like she needs to come out on wherever she's going, whether it be NWA or Impact, with a trash bag and just pour it out like at the top of the ramp. Um, and just yeah, make make a gimmick of it. <laughs> and did you you saw on BTE they did a trash bag uh, skit <laughs> with Brandon Cutler? <laughs> I, I love I love I love the BTE. I love the shade. I love sh- I love when they throw shade. <laughs> I love it. We got Dion in the comments saying the trash bag firing is definitely a cover up. We also got T O Noel saying Mickey James said the same thing. Trash bag happened to her ten years ago when she was let uh, let him previously she also said the person who treated her very badly without naming them was still employed yes it's crazy it's this whole situation is crazy but it's definitely put a bigger eye and a bigger spotlight on the way wwe is treating their females so it's it's crazy that it all comes at one at one though this is a whole week of stories in one it's crazy in 2021 let's examine how wwe treats females (laughs) Let's do it now. It's it's not like it's been going on for years. Let's do it now. (laughs) 
But yes, send us your your ultra chats. We want to continue talking about this whole situation, but we are gonna move on to AEW Dynamite. Some brighter news for Steph Chase. I am here on a Thursday with Miss Dynamite to talk about AEW, my personal favorite show of the week. And I know it is Steph's Chase's. So it was the go-home show ahead of Blood and Guts, but we started off things with a huge singles matchup with Brian Cage defeating Hangman Page in a surprise, uh, a big surprise uh, result, in my opinion. Uh, Page was attacked during his entrance and beat down by all of Team Taz until the Dark Order made the save. Cage used the opportunity as they are cleaning it out, Dark Order and Team Taz, to drop Page with a powerbomb on the ramp. And Page pretty much never recovered. Like, he made a little comeback at the end. He went from the buckshot lariat, but uh, Cage reversed it. He hit a, a power slam, followed up with a powerbomb, a buckle bomb, and then the drill claw, a vicious drill claw, and dropped Heyman Page for the one, two, three in about six minutes. Uh, I, I thought that this was a really good matchup, but it was pretty much a glorified squash, I would say, Steph. Yeah, I'm, I felt like, well, firstly, not everyone was surprised because in my preview, I said I thought Brian Cage was going to win. <laughs> and the reason I thought he was going to win uh, was Team Taz can be are pretty low on the wins. Uh, so I thought he'd be a good one to get it here. But I also think it works for how, what we're all really unsure about is like Hangman's direction when it comes to Kenny. Because I've seen quite a few people think that Hangman is Kenny's double or nothing opponent. I really hope that's not the case. I think that's too soon. That's not something I would do. So I think it was a good idea here if you're not going to that to give him a loss because his win-loss records, he's had way too many wins to not give him a, a title shot. So I think he needs, he does need to be pushed down th those rankings, um, but really good match. And yeah, what I'm really interested in is it's just what's going on with team Taz dark order, all of that. You, you even have like Christian associated, like just to see where the actual direction is, because I feel like Paige, um, you know, he had Ricky Starks last week Brian Cage this week. I mean, I guess Will Hobbs is coming, but it makes me wonder just like who is who's the final boss of Team Taz? I hope it's Hook. I hope what they do is like they unveil Hook as the person you have to beat. But I think that Dark Order, Hangman, Team Taz, there it's all just a nice little um feud, like faction feuds. I, I enjoy, enjoy. And I like this match a lot. Another great opener. Hangman Page. The cowboy is the ultimate opener guy, I think. I, I love when they put, you put him in the opener, get those viewers in. Yeah. Always delivers a banger, and this was uh, no different here. But it's a it's a big win for Brian Cage, and he really needed it. He definitely yeah. needed it a lot more. And like you said, though, the whole story is about when Hangman is eventually going to get his shot at Kenny Omega. And they've been bigging him up as the number one contender for the last couple of weeks. So this win kind of pushes him back. It makes it not come too soon. I thought that double or nothing would be too soon for Paige yeah. and Omega. So I'm glad that Cage got the win here. Yeah, I think his thing, um, what they were kind of hinting at before was that he's not mentally ready to face yeah. Kenny. He's not in that headspace. Because you you got to remember, guys, everyone has to remember, this man went through a breakup, okay? He went through a major, major breakup, and he's not, not ready. He's not ready to face Kenny again. 
like even just face to face and I don't even mean in a match he's not ready so now you can say that even if he was close to being mentally ready he's now just had a massive knockback because he suffered a loss and yeah it, the time is not yet for him him and Omega yeah, it's, it's not the time yet, so I like that he's mixing it up with Team Taz. It keeps him busy. Maybe we get Cage versus uh, Hangman, Cage versus Page at double or nothing. That would be cool. Get them, give them uh, a little bit more time, you know? Or we could, or um, a tag team um, get, I was thinking um, maybe Page could team with Christian Cage to take on Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. I think that'd be quite a cool match. I thought you were going to say Brian Cage and Ethan Page. That would have made more sense. <laughs> that would have made, made more, like, more fun and more confusion for me when I'm writing down titles because that did happen to me this week. But, no, I think a, a nice little team-up between Christian and Hangman would be cool. And I think I, think, I really just want to see Ricky Starks in the ring with Christian Cage as well and then yeah. team him with Brian. Uh, I think that would be good. And it would be also give you a good opportunity to either resolve that issue that is there between Starks and Cage um, once and for all. So whether they lose and then they both say, well, that was your fault, like, and they explode or they win and are like, okay, we're friends again. We both work together there. We worked it out. It's all right. Now we can yeah. move on. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, that brings us to what happened later on in the night where Taz said that Brian Cage with that win is now the number one uh, contender. But then Christian Cage came in and interrupted Taz and basically went off on Taz, said that Taz is jealous of him because he was able to get back in the ring unlike Taz was, or wasn't able to and he basically laid down the gauntlet for a team taz that christian wants to verse anyone from the team what did you think about that little promo exchange between christian and taz i liked it i thought it was the best we've heard from christian so far in, in aw um i'm i'm now warming to christian being in aw because i think they found a good little position for him and this team taz feud is a nice thought for him for sure yeah, I like I like how it's progressing. It's progressing at a nice pace. And that brings us to backstage. We saw the elite Kenny Omega, Don Callis, the Young Bucks, and the Good Brothers were in a limousine basically celebrating Omega's impact title victory from this past Sunday. They said that the next limo had all the gold of uh, Omega in it. So that's why <laughs> Omega didn't have his titles on him this week. Very smart since it was taped Very on Thursday. <laughs> Very smart. I mean, that that AAA title is hidden somewhere, but very smart. <laughs> I, I liked it. I liked the touch of him not coming out with the AEW World Title. Also, so it kept, it didn't it didn't leave us with the question of where's where's the Impact World Titles. So I like that. Yeah, yeah. Omega you would think, think Callus could have got him a wee replica though, just to bring with him in case. <laughs> Just give him the TNA championship. Swad could have kept the Impact title. He could have just came with the TNA championship. Why not? <laughs> Omega said that uh, he's used to people trying to ruin uh, their lives after Moxley and Kingston destroyed their trailer last week. He says they're not going to be intimidated and they're not scared. And then a horn went off and everyone in the limo jumped up. <laughs> and it was just Michael Nakazawa who pushed the wrong button. And Omega then set up uh, Kingston versus Nakazawa later on in the show. What did you think about this little promo exchange and the fact that they were able to fit all the members of the elite in that limo? 
Well, firstly, I would hope you'd be able to fit that many people in the limo. Like, I've seen some crazy music videos where they do all sorts in the limo, so I wasn't impressed you could fit that many guys. But I did think it was funny that they were in a limo because last week they were in a bus and that offered them, like, no protection. Moxie and Kingston were still going to get to them. So I find a limo to be a less safe uh, vehicle to to have your little get-together in. Um, but, yeah, I thought this was good. I, like, I very much, like heel young bucks now i really down for them i love the crazy fashion and it was good to see a lot of guys who don't drink pretending to have fun in the limo plus anderson and gallows who probably were genuinely having fun in the limo you know anderson and gallows are having the best time ever because they get to drink all the liquor in the limo what they do like they if, when people do a rider that they think is for the whole elite, it just goes to Anderson and Gallo. So, yeah, they have the best deal of anyone. They're like, we picked the perfect running mates. <laughs> <laughs> so that leads us to talking about the Young Bucks and their new heel act. We got to talk about the uh, AEW World Tag Team title eliminator match as it was the Young Bucks uh, versus Matt and Mike Seidel. If the Seidels won, they would get a shot at the tag team titles. But it was the Young Bucks who pulled out the victory, courtesy of Matt Jackson pulling out the Johnny Cage low blow with the split and right to the Conads, and then followed it up with the BTE trigger for the one, two, three. I thought that the Young Bucks were great during this match. The one misstep, which didn't make any lick of sense, was them doing twin magic for no other reason than to just make Rick Knox look like a damn fool. But other than that, I thought that they were a lot of fun, and they're just gold as heels. Yeah, I thought this was a really good match. Um, but Oh, I I don't know, my over like artsy thing is kind of what, what they can do with the tag team, you know, belts with the Young Bucks having them, because I'm not sure that's been the best thing for the titles. I think it's a little bit like when Darby was TNT champion, but he was doing the, the Sting team up against Team Taz, kind of like yeah. that that's the championship be a bit forgotten. But it was a good show guest for the Sidell brothers. Um, but what intrigued me most uh, was the ending. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. The post-match, we had SCU come out and confront the Young Bucks, basically calling them out for their new attitude and saying that they, when they wanted to get a shot at the tag team titles, uh, when they said that their next match, uh, they would they would basically split up if they lost. They wanted to diverse their friends, the Young Bucks, and they don't see that in them anymore. And basically, they're jerks now, which I kind of love. I kind of enjoy. But yeah. I felt like this this promo, I felt like I could have got into it a lot more if SCU was more featured on AEW Dynamite. I feel like there was a little bit less of a punch to this segment without them being on Dynamite the last couple of months. Yeah, that's the problem because when they um, announced this all those months ago that this was the stipulation that Kaz and Daniels were working towards, I thought, great, like you, you do so many great stories like that. You know, you do like a like Rick Flair's retirement. Um, and then, but then they just didn't wrestle. Like that's what it looks like. Like they just didn't wrestle. They they said, okay, if if we lose our next match, we're we're retiring, whatever. So let's not let's not wrestle, which doesn't really work. But I'm glad they picked this story back up again. I can't for a second think that their intention was to leave it cold for like three months and then pick it up again. 
but it's good that they have. I think Kazarian and Daniels would be a good team to take the titles off the Young Bucks and have a little run. Um, and then maybe the Young Bucks get it back off them and then become the ones that that end their career, but give them like that little couple of weeks, couple of months with the with the titles to kind of get it, get the titles away from the bigger elite Kenny storyline that we're currently doing. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of kind of overshadowing the tag team title run. Yeah. Although I do I do feel like the Young Bucks have kind of got the attention back on the tag titles a little bit more with matches like this. Like I agree with you, uh, definitely the Seidels look good in the in that uh, Eliminator matchup, especially Matt Seidel. He was just great. That was like the Matt Seidel I became a fan of of Ring of Honor all those years ago. But I'm I'm looking forward to the matchup between SCU and the Young Bucks because I feel like those those guys know each other very well and they can mm-hmm. go out there and have a banger at Double or Nothing. Oh, absolutely. And especially if their career is pretty much on the line, like they're going to have a banger of a match. Yes. This followed up with a video promo from Jade Cargill talking about all the managers in AEW wanting to sign her, but she's she's not willing to give them a cut of her money because she's that bitch. So, yes, <laughs> Jade Cargill is making noise. I, lo- I love the sweepstakes. For Jade Cargill and the fact that all these managers want her. This this makes her a bigger star. Oh yeah, absolutely. They have to do something where we get that visual though, like maybe on a dynamite or even double or nothing, where we have some random managers coming out and trying to ride for her, ride the ring, do it proper like um like Macho Man back in the 80s where he got Miss Elizabeth. I don't know who her Miss Elizabeth would be. I really hope. I just hope she doesn't end up being managed by Matt Hardy. That's the only thing I think that would be really bad for her. But maybe they'll bring in someone completely new or maybe she'll. everyone's going to fight for her and she'll turn around and say, Shaq's my manager and he'll return. Hey, that, that might be why he disappeared from the ambulance all those months ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and even when he can't be on it she holds up like an ipad of of shaq just giving giving gameplays and stuff from from the tnt studios like yeah. you gotta do this <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind since she just saw uh, retired officially and from uh impact wrestling actually i wouldn't mind jazz coming in to, yeah. to be her manager that would be cool in my opinion yeah, I think Jazz would be a really cool one. I see Matthew say in the chat, Thea Trinidad, that, that would be a cool mm. one. Since she's, I know she's a wrestler, but she's best known as a manager. If you want to do a surprise debut, if you want to do a bit where you have your Matt Hardys, your Vicky Guerrero's, your Jake Roberts out there, like people that we know as managers, Taz, everyone, and then the reveal is that it's a Thea Trinidad, I think that would be a really good segment. That's one I did not think of. So yeah, that's a that's a great idea, Matthew. Good call right there. But yes, that bring the, brought us to our next match. And speaking of managers, my favorite new manager in AEW, Alex Abrahantes. He did a little backstage promo translating Penta's, uh, Penta's words. Penta says he's going to beat Orange Cassidy to a pulp. 
and that led us into Orange Cassidy going one-on-one with Penta El Zero Miro. Uh, this one was a, a great matchup, in my opinion. These guys just are so full of charisma. Like, they literally spent the first minute of the matchup just taunting at each other. I felt like I was watching a SmackDown versus Raw 2006 <laughs> matchup, and people tried to get their specials before they even touched. Like, it was great. It was lovely. <laughs> but, yeah. Anyway. Just carry on, sorry. No, I was just going to say they had great chemistry together and Orange Cassidy got the win. A little bit of a of a cheat, uh, cheating to win with uh, Trent handing him the microphone of Alexandra Hantes for the Orange Punch for him to get the win. What was your thoughts on this match and the chemistry between Orange and Penta? Yeah, I thought it was great. They do, you're right. They had great chemistry. And I, you said that it was as if they were taunting to get their specials. Well, my God, did they work up some specials because it was a spot fest of a match, like big move, big move, big move. Um, it was really excellent. And one thing I love about the best friends is as baby faces, they will cheat. Like they, they will go with that. If you're going to be dirty, I'm going to be dirty too. They're not, they're not going to, you know, do the right thing. Like they, they're always willing to do little stuff like that. And they do it in such a endearingly cheeky way where you can never get mad at like Trent, you know, casually throwing a mic or anything like that. You know, it's great. And yeah, I thought it was a really good match. And I, as I was saying that I love the team Taz and dark order thing. I really love the best friends and death triangle. These are just like a set of people who would never, ever be friends. They make total sense to be feeding the death triangle are so serious and menacing. And the best friends are just the coolest guys. Like they're great. They're cool guys. They love their mom. It's awesome. So I really, really enjoy this feud. As far as Alex, um, Abriantes goes, I'm still not totally sold on that. I'm not sold on Penta needing that because to me, Penta is really cool. And I'm not sure that I even need a translation of what he's saying, but I don't think I need it, you know, all the time where it kind of takes away from him. So I, that's something I have to get used to is, is his kind of role with Penta because I'm not, I'm not sure him and Penta would be friends in real life. Penta's so cool, man. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure he's picking up guys from QVC, like, to be in his mate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I do agree. Like, Penta just deserves more. Like, I, I was surprised he took the loss here. Like, I just felt like he was – he's getting momentum. And even though, you know, you're not too happy with the partnership with Alex Arpajantes, it feels like – this is the most like momentum he's had in a while with Alex Arpajantes in his corner. So I was hoping he got the victory, but Orange getting the victory does make things in the uh, the ranking very interesting because Orange is was number two going into this episode. So we don't know. Maybe Orange Cassidy is the is the number one contender for Kenny Omega at Double or Nothing. I honestly wouldn't surprise me if they do something as left as left field as that. Like seriously, they they probably have a fun match too. Yeah, it would it would be definitely a different type of match for Kenny Omega as well. Yeah. So that brought us to our next two, uh, or well, minor backstage segment as we had Britt Baker cutting a promo talking about she's the top of the food chain, top of the merch and the ratings, and now the women's uh, division rankings. And she said Sheeta later, and it's time for a new champion. 
But that brought us to what was the highlight, no question, of this episode of AEW Dynamite. It was the Inner Circle and Pinnacle Parlay. We want to hear from you guys for sure about this. So send those Ultra Chats in, WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestling Daily. But we're going to hear from Steph what she thought about the Inner Circle and Pinnacle Parlay. Chris Jericho cutting a fired up promo at the end there great quotes from all of the men involved even sean spears with a great quote talking about to sammy guevara that chris jericho led you into deep waters and i'm gonna be the guy that steps on your head while you're drowning just great and then just the defiantness of the inner circle sammy guevara coming at sean spears for those words santana and ortiz coming at fdr for mentioning their children and then of course chris jericho at the end coming at MJF for saying that he's going to take his spot. But Steph, what was your thoughts on this entire parlay? And are you ready for blood and guts? I'm not ready for blood and guts. <laughs> I'm not ready at all. Uh, I, th- I thought this was great. I agree. This is the best thing on the whole show. Um, it was laid out so well. Firstly, what a swerve, sh- starting with Sean Spears. Um, Sean Spears has taken the most flack of anyone for being a member of the pinnacle. Like he's the one that people are going to pick on good for him for going out there, getting the promo in first. It was a good, good promo. Um, they've got a good guy to team him with Sammy. Very good idea to have, cause Sammy's the, Sammy's the kid of the inner circle. He's, he's the little one. So he's the one who's kind of temper got the better of him. And he, he fell into a trap there. He fell into the trap of taking the disadvantage um, for the team. So that was awesome. That's a good way to tell that story. If the inner circle do lose, uh, Sammy's going to be, he's such a baby face. He's a great person to have in their first and to be at a disadvantage to make the crowd get behind them. Santana is such a good promo. So, so good. He's proven that the past couple of weeks and there's been times in the past when he's proven that too. And then he'll go ages without, without speaking. Um, Ortiz as well. So great to hear them talk. Uh, FTR did very, very well as well. I think that was the most I've ever um, felt for FTR, you know, heard from them. I think it's the the best promos that they've done. Then MJF, MJF was MJF. So we'll move on to Jericho, (laughs) who did just a fantastic promo as usual. But this one, I think it may even have been better than the one he cut um, like two weeks ago that that everyone was given about the longer one. I think this one was actually better. He was saying lots of stuff that I shut at my TV, like how, yeah, he was in WCW when he was 25, but that's made him who he is today. Yeah, this, this is the kind of stuff I shut at my TV when MJF like goes off on Jericho, stuff like, yeah, who cares what you're doing right now at 25 MJF because you won't have the career that Jericho had, okay? Jericho wrestled for war and that is one of the biggest things ever I, I i love war so everyone go look that up um so yeah i thought jericho's his promo was really really good and i think from the reaction on twitter he sold this blood and guts match to everyone who was saying why you know why are they having it now blah 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 you know it's not like it's not built enough no, he sold it to everyone. I saw everyone on Twitter just totally saying, I'm ready for Blood and Guts now. So, yeah, excellent. Yeah, one promo kind of anyone who was on the fence on Blood and Guts is now 
ready for next week. So I, I'm I'm just gonna lay it out to you right now, since we won't see you until next Thursday on Wrestling Daily. Steph, who wins blood and guts, the pineapple or the pinnacle versus the inner circle? Well, the thing is, you're asking me now, and my answer may change by next Wednesday because I've been thinking about this. Um, and oh, gosh, okay, I think I think it's the pinnacle. Uh, I might cry while watching, but I think it's the pinnacle. I'm gonna win, and I think double or nothing is gonna be some big singles matches. But I think that inner circle will do like put up a hell of a fight. And it might be down to Sammy that they lose. And I think Pinnacle are going to do some dirty stuff. But I do think the Pinnacle are going to win. But it's really hard because like, that beat down at the Pinnacle when they formed Give the Inner Circle was insane. I was watching going, are they... Can they? Can my faction ever recover from this? And then they came back, and the beatdown they gave the pinnacle was insane. So it's been so good and back and forth. It's really hard to choose. As I announced on Twitter yesterday, me and Sean while Sapper doing a pre-show. Catch me the hour before Dynamite. Tom, watch me and Sean and whatever. I'm, I said the pinnacle tonight, but I might say something else that night because this is a really hard one to call. I think. I am ready to see it. I. I I'm. I, I was ready before last night, but yeah, that promo definitely got me even more excited for this matchup. And look who's in the live chat, the patron saint of UK wrestling journalism and the patron saint of Wrestling Daily, Alex McCarthy, said, look at these two goats. Yes. Hi, Daddy. (laughs) Hi, Papa. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But we got to talk about the rest of what happened on Dynamite last night. You had... uh, Eddie Kingston and John Moxley hold Kenny Omega hostage and uh, make Don Callis make a matchup, a tag team match for next week of Michael Nakazawa and Kenny Omega versus Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. Very, very quickly, I want to men- I want to touch on uh, this segment. But Steph, did it make sense for them to ask for a tag match and not a title match? I thought that this would this would be how we would get the title match for Double or Nothing here. No, it didn't make sense. <laughs> This felt like something wedged in to put Kenny on the show more. Yeah, it really did. It just, it just was like, oh, we're just going to throw this. This is filler for, we got to set up for next week. Uh, then we had the, the, Backstage promo, like we talked about before, with Taz and Christian Cage. Then it was Chris Statlander going one on one with Penelope Ford. Chris Statlander getting the victory with the Big Bang Theory. I thought that this was a nice match. Chris Statlander winning again, but it was more of a backdrop for, for what would happen backstage with Kip Sabian finally going face to face with Miro and being completely destroyed and getting his hand slammed in a door. What did you think about the match with Statlander and Ford and then the follow-up with Miro backstage? Um, I thought Statlander and Ford was very good. Um, I'd like to, I think Penelope, little bit rusty. Haven't seen her in a while. No fault of her. She needs some more matches on Dark and Elevation. Chris Statlander though, I'm nearly ready to hand her my most improved wrestler award because she, she has come back better than ever. She fits in so well with the best friends. It's so cool to see. Um, I love how they're doing her um, alien gimmick now. It's it's great, the interaction she has with the best friends. So awesome. Kip 
per Kip, he had that coming. He had that coming. And Miro, it was great to see Miro unleash the monster. Um, and yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be Kip. He I, And also, I will say, I'm glad that they didn't do that during the women's match. I had a fear that that would happen, that Miro yeah. would run out during the match. And I'm really glad that he didn't. Yeah, it was able to give them like their showcase, and then we still got what we wanted in the end backstage. So I thought that was a good way of doing it. We got a couple of comments, people happy that it was Miro uh, Day. Miro J, this is the day he's been waiting for. Miro <laughs> Day, indeed. Congrats. <laughs> I'm happy for Miro J because I know how much that made him happy to see Miro do that. <laughs> he is very happy right now. And, yeah. Uh, we got we got Alex explaining why he's not with us for today for all the people who were wondering. He says, I just spoke to Sammy Guevara, a good 30-minute chat. So my two esteemed peers stepped up. Yes. So if you guys are missing Alex, stay tuned. He's going to drop a cool interview with Sammy Guevara, hyping up blood and guts. So that's why he's not with us today. And then we had our final two matches for AEW Dynamite that we have to touch on, Steph. You had uh, the Factory versus the Nightmare Family in a six-man tag team matchup with the Factory getting the win due to what I've been calling the difference maker of the Factory, Anthony Ogogo and his gut punch. And then after the match, QT Marshall escaped an attack from the gun club. He escaped back to the Nightmare Family bus that the factory showed up with. But when he went back to the bus, it was Cody returning inside the bus and attacked QT Marshall, gave him a figure four on the top of the bus. I just felt like a lot of this was just all over the place. It, it didn't really feel like the time for Cody to make his return. And I feel like it wasn't presented very well because I literally saw Cody on the screen for 30 seconds before the announcers even acknowledged that he was in the bus. <laughs> yeah, this wasn't executed very well. I don't think it was the time for Cody to come back either. Um, I think Cody has a habit of coming back too soon after big things happen to him. Yeah, um, I really do. Uh, yeah, I. This was. We need to get used to the factory. I think um, the only person that stands out right now is Anthony Agogo, and he can't. He cannot wrestle every week. You got to see if that guy. Um, but as as far as the match, wasn't into it. Then fighting on top of the bus. That's cool enough. But the reveal of Cody, it was bad. You could see Cody a, a mile off, and then you hear. Is that Cody? Like, yes, it is. We we've all seen him. So yeah, and I don't know where the bus thing came from <laughs> as well. It just seemed <laughs> weird. Like, it was something they never showed us before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm like, okay. Does everyone have special transport now? Right. But yeah, I, I don't I don't think it was the best thing they've ever they've ever executed as far as a reveal or a surprise comeback or anything. Yeah, and it kind of feels tacked on to do Cody and QT's rematch on Blood and Guts. I feel like that probably should have been saved for maybe the pay-per-view, in my opinion. But maybe they don't view it as that big of a match, to be fair. <laughs> but mm -hmm. We have to talk. We have to also talk about they did like the lineup for Blood and Guts with QT and Cody announced for next week. Not only that, 
They announced a huge matchup for two weeks, Steph, as John Moxley will defend the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship against New Japan legend Yuji Nagata. Nagata will be back on TNT for the first time since he appeared on WCW Nitro all the way back in 1996, 1997. What was your thoughts when you saw that announcement for the for this match in two weeks? Very, very cool. Um, he He's a great choice, uh, a great New Japan legend with that WCW tie. You know, he he once he once fought Jericho in WCW, so I've watched that match a few times, um, and it's it's great to see him there. Um, I like that they, I want them to bring over more New Japan guys, of course. Um, I don't want them to bring over the most obvious people, and I think someone like Nagata really, really good. Yes, I feel like Nagata is a great choice to bring on to AEW. We have just going to talk about the main event, but keep sending those Ultra Chats. We're going to end the show with all your Ultra Chats, all your thoughts on AEW Dynamite, as well as Carmella's comments on the Bella Twins podcast. Also, Mickey James comments on the Grown Ass Woman podcast, all the stuff we talked about so far. We want to hear your thoughts or wherever else you want to talk about Ultra Chats, send them to WrestleTalk.com forward slash wrestling daily and like i said one more segment for us to talk about was the tnt championship main event third week in a row five straight weeks for darby allen defending the title on on aew dynamite he versus 10 of the dark order and i gotta say preston vance is someone who i haven't seen that much in in the past but i really feel like this was his best match that he's had he looked very impressive he showed off a lot of power he beat down darby allen no one could take a beating in professional wrestling like darby allen and he did that here and he made 10 look great i felt like the the booking was a little bit extra with ethan page coming in and attacking also darby ripping out the mask you know due to that promo that they did earlier in the night with Brody handing him the mask and the whole reason Darby gave him the shot is because he respects Brody. I felt it was a little bit off for, for Darby to rip the mask, but I think they're feeding into Darby kind of doing this, doing anything it takes to win type of thing. But that felt a little bit off for me. But outside of that, I thought this was a really good main event of the show. Darby got the win, pulling out the Roddy Roddy Piper, Brett the Hitman Hart, WrestleMania 8 finish, reversing the Full Nelson into a package for the win. What was your thoughts on the main event and the closing of the show with Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page attacking Sting and Darby Allen? I thought it was a good match. I do have some worries about the booking of Darby just because, yes, he is meant to be underdog babyface, but I'm not sure if he should be doing that every week, you know, because Preston, yeah, the guy's bigger, but. Darby should be more experienced. I don't think he should be taking that much from Preston Vance. It was actually more believable that he took more from Jungle Boy, even though Jungle Boy's a smaller guy. But there was something about uh, just Jungle Boy, like his being a younger guy and kind of like meeting Darby in the same level of um, like aggression and passion or something that made sense that, that those two be more 50-50. But with Preston Vance, I don't really think that they should have done it as 50-50 as this. Um, I agree with it. I was shocked when Darby ripped up the mask. I don't like people trying to take other people's masks off anyway. I think, you know, when it's done to Phoenix and Penta, I'm just at home going, oh, that's so disrespectful. And then when Darby did it to, to Preston Vance, I'm like, ooh, that, ooh 
like that's really bad too you know that's a, a another kind of disrespect you know um but yeah i i did like the way that he got the the win though i i thought it looked good um but i just think maybe ease off on like Darby always having to claw out his wins and give him some matches where he just, you know, beats the guy really clean, quick win yeah. for him. Um, and yeah, the bit at the end, Ethan Page looks to be where they're going this Darby Allen, Ethan Page, and let's see if they can recapture that. Um, I think, I hope when they proper get into it, we get a lot, you know, more background and details because, um, 99% of people watching are not going to know these guys even know each other. Yeah, they have a long history from Evolve. Really how they got their names on the map was versing each other in Evolve. And yeah. I would love for them to kind of touch on that type of stuff. I know they can't use any of the footage, but they can at least talk about it. And mm -hmm. But it seems like they're more leading into Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky versus Darby and Sting or Sting and Lance Archer maybe. I hope it's Darby and Sting. Lance Archer, I really like Lance Archer, but this guy, he's just being booked like a guy that's wandering through the cafeteria looking for a click to sit with, you know. Um, he just he just always seems to be passing through and looking for some involvement. And I'm not sure why he needs to be involved here because you do have Sting. Hopefully Sting could do enough, you know, in a tag match or... I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind another another cool goth cinematic match from Sting and Darby, but yeah, I'm not sure about the Lance Archer involvement. He needs to find some focused direction where it's just him, you know, against another yeah. person. The only reason I would I would be down for Sting and Lance Archer versus Page and Sky is because I really want to see Miro go after the TNT Championship. But yeah. I, I feel like Miro is the perfect person to end this reign for Darby Allen, which they've done a great job. He set the record for the most title defenses of any TNT champion with this uh, win on Dynamite. So I think they're building him up great, and it would just mean that much more if Miro beats him. Yeah. Yeah, I honestly thought they should have had Miro run out last week at the end instead of Ethan Page. I thought that would have been a perfect time for Miro to run out, but no. I agree. I agree. I wish they would have done that. So we got in the in the comments here, your your good friend Sean Ross Sapp, Fightful Pro Wrestling. He says, I hope 10 keeps the ripped mask. It would it would be an interesting look and make him different from uh <laughs> make him different from, from the rest of the dark order. And I think we got the ratings update. AEW is down from the last two weeks. Uh, Matthew tells us AEW came in with 889,000 viewers, 0.33 in the 18 to 49 demo. So they keep the pace with the 18 to 49 demo, but they finally fall beneath the 1 million mark underneath uh, 900,000 as well. What's your thoughts on the drop for AEW this week, Steph? Um, I think the drop is expected. It's not a bad a bad drop it's not by that much i think this show wasn't the strongest card for sure um as well if so if people had something else to tune into maybe this card slightly put them off i think that next week hopefully they pick it up though i do have worries because it's may the 5th and i know a lot of people like to party on may the 5th um, my advice to all of you that want to party on may the 5th is do it at home 
in front of AW. Well, in front of my pre-show first, but then in front of Blood and Guts. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it's disappointing to see them below a million, but it's not it's not a bad rating or or anything like that. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. I do I do owe money to my cohorts from True Hill Heat, uh, All Elite Recap. I said that they would do over a million again this week, and then they dropped. So I owe I owe my good friend like twenty bucks. So that. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I it was it was a it was a it was a it was a special bet where I think I I would have got five if they did over a million. He would have got five if they did over uh one point or if they did below one point two. And I I would have to lose both if it didn't yeah. fall in any of those. So and and good good call by Anika here. She says that might be because of the presidential address. That was that was probably why AEW was down this week. So understandable on all those accords. But we got to hear from you and your ultra chats. WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestling Daily. We are ending the show with your ultra chats here. We got our good brother Chris CM Chris. One of the best good eggs in the wrestling daily community. He says, hey, SP3 and Steph, I love seeing the IWGP US title will be on the line on Dynamite coming up. I wonder if Kenny will go for that title instead of the IWGP heavyweight title. Much love, guys. Hashtag EGE. Steph, what do you think about that? Omega does have a history of beating a John Moxley for a championship. Yeah. So what would you think about him going for the title that he was the first ever champion of? No, because he's got all heavyweight world title belts. No, I, I don't think so. I think if he's going to go for a Japanese title, it would be the IWGP heavyweight championship. And I think... I mean, I'd love him to do that. I'm not sure how possible that is, but for me, like that's the Japanese title I see him going for. It's understandable. Hopefully, it gets back to either Obushi or Okada before then, because I would yeah. love to see those matches. But Osprey and Omega would be great as well. Uh, we gotta also we got an ultra chat here from our good brother Matthew McCoskey. He says, "Heard there was just one ultra chat in, so I said, let's send one." Firstly, make sure to join Steph at 2 p.m. Pacific for a, a 1K subs party. Uh, Dynamite was good. Next week, going to be insane. Bang brains. And then Nagata versus Mox. Holy effing S-word. I effing can't wait. Yes, Matthew McCoskey always has to get in those banging brains lines in. But yes, we got, a, we got two weeks of Dynamite action coming up to look forward to like you said dynamite was good last night but it's gonna be even better next week are you ready for that stuff i'm so 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 ready um for for blood and guts absolutely and i know who else is ready sean wasap to do my pre-show with me the hour before blood and guts me and sap we're getting in separate cages we're gonna go at it live the hour before <laughs> it's, it's, this sounds like uh, the biggest fight that you will see on YouTube yet. But Steph, you got a lot going on on your YouTube channel. Please tell the people what you got coming up today, as well as the rest of the the next seven days. Well, in 
53 minutes. It is my party. It's my 1K subscribers party. I promised I'd throw a party when I got to 1K. I am now on, um, I think, 1.1K, and the party is here. I just didn't want to do it during WrestleMania, so that's why I waited. Yeah, so everybody come join me. I have mm, six, six special guests joining me, and they are absolutely fantastic guests that you're all going to love. And the theme, it's a kind of an ask me anything you know, so I'm going to be having a drink. I'm going to be having some Prosecco. And I'm just going to be talking to my guests, answering questions from you guys. Ask me about anything. It doesn't have to be about wrestling. We talk enough wrestling. You can, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, and I have a great lineup, six guests. Are you confident I've got good guests, SB3? Yes, I'm pretty damn sure that you got the best of the best as guests. Yes, I absolutely do. And you guys will love the guests. And it's going to be so 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 much fun so as soon as the stream ends i'm getting on my party outfit and i'm getting ready it's gonna be awesome for sure go over to steph chase youtube channel go over and subscribe over there push her to our next go 2k and join her for her 1k sub party go over to the true hill heat youtube channel we got true hill heat 123 coming out on saturday got my a and e biography roddy roddy piper review with romeo that's up right now so you can take a look over there and of course if you haven't heard already, we are on the road to 15K on this very episode of Wrestling Daily. We hit 11K, so let's keep it going. We are 4K away from giving you people Quizzlemania War Games, where Steph Chase is bringing the bang, and she is she is likely to explode the ring of Quizzlemania. So go over, smash that subscribe button, hit the bell to stay notified, and help us reach 15K so we can make War Games possible. Yes, yeah, I am. I'll be I'll be so ready for War Games. Absolutely, I have plenty of weapons. So join us back here tomorrow on Wrestling Daily. Alex McCarthy, our patron saint of Wrestling Daily, he's going to be back on the show. He's, he might, he's going to have a special guest with him as usual on the Friday. Like this video, share this video on all your favorite social media platforms for Steph Chase. The beautiful, the lovely. Join her for her 1K sub party over on our YouTube channel. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. We are signing off for Wrestling Daily. Until next time. Bye, y'all. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.